Hey, welcome to Kingsway Caring Bar. We are a community inspired by love to live differently. I'm Dave, one of the pastors here. It's so great to have you with us. We pray this teaching will inspire you, build your faith, and lead you to a life of fullness and freedom in Jesus. Enjoy the message. upon you this morning and all that you are doing and saying, that we might be strengthened, that we might be encouraged, that we might be filled again to continue on the path that you've put before each of us to walk. So we just open this space to you now, Lord, and invite you to speak, to draw near, to strengthen and encourage us as your people. Thank you that you delight to be with us this morning. We just lean in, ready to listen to you. Amen. Well, I want to open this space up this morning. I invite you, as we've been doing the last couple of weeks, uh, if there is something that you'd like to bring this morning, something on your heart, something on your mind. Hello, I don't think I've met you before. <laughs> My name's Kim. My name's David. Hi, David. Some, some of you I know are just privileged to be invited to share this space. I am visiting, as you wouldn't know, because you don't know me. But some of you I do know. Um, I manage uh, part of the national team for Christian Surfers. So um, I've visited here a few times before and know some of you through CS in Cronulla. But I was just encouraged, sorry, what was your name, Nancy? Kim? What Kim said uh, before about just hearing God's voice in all sorts of spaces and ways. And I was away last week with the national team. Some of it was virtual, but we had a retreat to just pray for um, the ministry and our surf communities. And part of the word that I had to prepare was hearing God's voice in this, in this space that we're in at the moment. And... Something that God really spoke to me through was not, first of all, his word in the Bible, but I am an avid reader and I went back to Tolkien. Some of you may or may not like reading that genre, but I love it. <laughs> if he's not as holy enough for you, he was a compadre of C.S. Lewis and they belong to the same writing club, so maybe he had some input there. But within his writings, he wrote a book called The Silmarillion. Has anybody ever read it? few people have but within the beginnings of that he has a character Ulvata which is God and he with his uh, angelic beings the Anya begin to sing creation into being and creation is brought in through the song and the breath of God and it just it, it begins gently and then powerfully crescendos into all that God has in his voice for us but there's another character there, Melkor, which represents Satan. And he becomes jealous. And what he begins to do is sing a discord into the harmony that, that God had sung creation into being and the fullness of everything. And so those that weren't attuned to the very voice of God and his original song 
heard the discord as part of the music of God and began to be distracted by it. And so, you know, it showed me if we're not attuned to God's voice in a time like this, we can easily be distracted by a discord that isn't part of the true song. You know, God knew this time and he knew this space and he's already sung a song over it. But if we're distracted by the discord of what other voices might be saying around us, then we won't hear his true uh, song, I guess, or his true word for us in, in that time. And yeah, so I could share more, but I'll leave you with that thought if you want. Thank you. Thanks, David. And I think that's why it's so important that we share together. It's great to hear God on your own, but when we share together, we can discern his voice together and separate it from that discord or the other voices. And it comes through loud and clear. Thank you. Jess. Um, what I shared is not as spiritual, uh, what I want to share is not as spiritual as David, but along the same lines is um, we, know, we keep talking about how terrible this year is and how, um, how it's been a battle and I don't I take away from that because I know, it, you know for everyone it has been um, challenging in different ways. Um, but I'd gone through a dry period for three years, as many here would know, um, dealing with lots of crazy stuff in my life. And this year's not been... It's actually been quite the opposite. So um, it's been definitely a bit of a breakthrough in lots of things. And there's been so many things of the, the pandemic that have been really good for me. <laughs> um, more productive, working from home, I really enjoy that. Um, it's been an easy space with um, as far as the kids and work and so many things. I mean, challenging at work, for sure. It's dealing with so many things, um, especially with Kingsway Care, has been massively challenging. Um, but I've had the um, strength, I guess, to do that, to face that. And I think if it had come anything any time earlier, it would have been more challenging. Um, but what I felt convicted about this morning was um, you buy into the negative thoughts and the negative, uh, the whinging, I would say, like just, um, you know, even though I've been in situations where people have um, talked about how bad it all is, it's not how I felt and I've not spoken up. Um, I felt almost, um, what's the word, embarrassed maybe um, to say all the good things that I have liked of the last six six months or so. Um, and I think that's not right. That, you know, yes, we want to hear people and empathise with them and, um, and I think it's really good to download and um, get things off your chest in that way. But I shouldn't feel um, that I can't share what I am thankful for. Um, and I know all of us, have, I'm sure, have said it, that we're, I'm so thankful that we live in Australia I'm thankful for our leaders that are leading us at this time, um, that I have faith in them. Um, I'm thankful for my faith community who are here in the room. Like That, that was such a, a blessing to me to be able to be here in this space and see people, even though you want to hug and we want to touch and we want to lay hands on, that's, and that's really difficult. But I'm just thankful that we are here because that's better than being at home. <laughs> in bed with distractions going on. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's my challenge is just um, 
I'm thankful for my family as well that have been supportive and strong through this. But, um, yeah, so the word I got this morning from God um, is rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Yeah, I'll leave it that. That's in Philippians 4. That's great, Shaz. And just to affirm you in that, I don't know if you're in the meeting, but... Um We've been thinking about our series, Ali mentioned, um, for the rest of the year. In the next seven weeks, we're going to spend in the promises of God because that's the place we feel to anchor as we all get towards the end of 2020. But our Advent series is entitled, A Weary World Rejoices. And I think that's, you know, we've got two, two choices about how we end 2020. <laughs> and it's not to say we're not weary because we all are but we have that choice to rejoice in the God who's at hand in the midst of that. And so, thank you, Shaz. That's great. Yeah, come on up, Shaz. Just on what Shaz was saying, just saying how thankful we are. Just, just, just I'm so thankful for the people that we've met here, you know, just the... Just think it's been an incredible journey for us, you know, just all the different people. The first time we came here, the first experience I had was Jess uh, was hosting a panel discussion with Dave, Linda, and um, who Chrissy was on the panel. Do you remember that? And anyway, maybe not, but it was like a, like, just how, oh, that was you, Kim, okay, okay. Okay, similar, there you go. And, um, but just, and how each person was just sharing their, their, their different way of, connecting with God and how there's a real permission here to do that and uh, just how thankful we are that we can be a part of that and meet different people um, that are all following God in their own way in radical ways you know that are unique to them and it's just a real current of faith that we've jumped into and just enjoyed so just wanted to be thankful for that just on what Shaz was saying so that's cool thanks boys Jess has got something too, so I'm going first, so I look like an idiot. Um, <laughs> um, so one of my favourite Proverbs is in Proverbs 14, and it goes, the heart knows its own business, and no stranger shares its joy. I'll say it again. The heart knows its own bitterness, and no stranger shares its joy. And I think, given the year, the circumstances, all sorts of things, what can happen when you start to think about you know, our life as the church or even what you go through personally is you start to have questions, question your experience, question all sorts of things and ideas that you might not have before. And we can tend to think that our questions can, if, if we're bitter or if we're maybe a bit sidelined because of what we're thinking, that that can separate us from God. But God's no stranger to our hearts. So I feel like one of the biggest things that God's been speaking to me about and that he reminded me again today of the fact that your questions or your bitterness, your lived experience, it doesn't separate you from the work that God's doing. Um, we often hear, you know, God's big enough to handle your questions. And even though I think that sentence is helpful, 
it encourages a bit of a paradigm where we go, God's big enough to handle all the stuff that you bring to him that's not right. And I don't really believe that. I think that the, the questions, the, the critiques, the bitterness, your lived experience, God's intimately involved in that because he knows your heart and he's no stranger to it. Um, so I think this morning was a big reminder to me in worship that you're not repulsive in your bitterness or your questions. God welcomes it. He is intimately involved. So yeah, be encouraged. That's great, Michael. Are you coming to follow up? Yes. <laughs> no. Um, I loved what Ali was saying this morning about hope, and it's actually something I've been reflecting on quite a bit and reading about. And I've been spending a bit of time in the prophets, um, which is actually an interesting place to find the theme of hope, but it's definitely there. It is actually one of the most prominent themes alongside um, that kind of criticism of, of behaviour and um, of warning. But it's funny how trouble, times and hope often go together in the Bible and that much is kind of obvious in our lives as well. But I was just um, drawn to this kind of obscure scripture in Lamentations, which um, is written by the prophet Jeremiah. And I'll read it out to you because I think it's um, quite powerful for this season. It says, I'll never forget the trouble, the utter lostness, the taste of ashes, the poison I've swallowed. I remember it all. Oh, how well I remember the feeling of hitting the bottom. But there's one thing other thing I remember, and remembering, I keep a grip on hope. God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They're created new every morning. How great your faithfulness. I'm sticking with God. I say it over and over. He's all I've got left. It's a good thing to quietly hope. It's a good thing when you're young to stick it out through the hard times. When life is heavy and hard to take, go off by yourself, enter the silence, bow in prayer, don't ask questions, wait for hope to appear. Don't run from trouble, take it full face. The worst is never the worst. Incredible, Lamentations 3. The most amazing thing about that scripture is the context. Well, I think that's the case. Um, because the prophet Jeremiah is called to a specific purpose in a particular season of Israelite history, and that is the exile where the Israelites are exiled from Israel into Babylon. And that was a, an absolute, probably the most significant event that happened in Israelite history. Um, it represented the most horrific experience that they could go through. And you can see that in the way that he explains, you know, the utter lostness, the taste of ashes, the poison that's been swallowed. This is the message version. It's very descriptive, but I think it's quite appropriate. Um, What's amazing about this season of this absolute lostness, this 
ashes, this poison, this destruction and this chaos, a complete loss of purpose, a complete loss of identity, a complete loss of, of hope, is that in this moment, Jeremiah is called to bring hope. And that's quite a difficult thing to do in that kind of circumstance, seeing how bad it, it really was for these people. Um, but what you can see as you read through the prophets is that the hope that they give to these people is the fact that God hasn't left them, even though that was how they felt. God had left. But the prophets over and over say, no, God hasn't left you. And then they point to another hope, uh, which is to come, and that we know now is the hope that we have in Jesus who is God incarnate, who came himself in bodily form, which was something that was never, ever expected to have happened that way. And the themes that have been going around this morning of hope and then the new wine and creation and God speaking through that, um, yeah, I think there's a really powerful expression of that when we think about um, this season that we're in now. I know in my life personally, I feel like I'm in complete chaos a lot of the time. Um, and it's been a very, very tough season and there have been some really good things and helpful things that is absolutely important to focus on. Um, I think the hope that we have, that we can trust in, is the fact that God is still with us and that it's not the end. Um, the hope that we have in Jesus is that new creation is consistently evolving and that it's being brought forward every time that we um, take a step forward and um, live out this hope in our everyday lives. And one of the ways practically that that, that looks like um, and speaking of God speaking in all different ways, one of the ways I feel like God speaking to me lately is through Lego, <laughs> because that's what I've been doing with my kids for the last two weeks during the holidays. Um, and it's very easy to build a Lego set when you have the instructions. It's very easy to look at the picture and go, this is what it's supposed to look like, so I'm gonna build it like that. It's a lot more difficult to just get a big box of mixed up Lego and build something new. Because you look at it and it looks like chaos. Nothing is in its own, well, this is me, I don't know about any of you. I know some people have all their Lego sets separate. I don't, all of mine is in one giant box. All of the different sets that we've got over the years are in one giant box and it's chaos. So it can be quite confronting to look at that and go, how am I gonna create something new when I don't have the instructions, I don't have the picture, I don't know what it's supposed to look like. I have to rely on my own creativity. And how do you be creative in a season like this? How do you make something new in a season like this? I think as humans, our natural response when we're going through chaos is to look at what we've lost and to look at the grief and to look at the structures that are in place that are completely insufficient in our time and to go, oh, it's just too hard to do anything about it. 
because building something new takes courage and it takes strength and it takes hope. Because what's the point in building something new if you don't have hope that it's actually going to change something? Um, So I think the important thing to remember is that we don't do that on our own. The whole point of the prophets is to say, even in exile, I am building something new. There is a new way coming. There is a new hope. There is a new way that you are going to have this relationship with me. There is a new way that I'm going to rescue you and free you um, from this chaos and this destruction. And I think in this season with the new wine, I think it's an opportunity for us to do exactly what we're doing and to reflect on what God is saying. But let's not stop there. Let's allow this hope to fill us and let's ask God what the next step is. And as we move forward, I think it's a real opportunity to start to build something new. Um, Yeah, anyway, some of my reflections. Thanks, Jess. I was listening to a speaker last week and he asked a guy a question and he said, don't think of the answer, just let it come to you. And I loved that. I think sometimes we're trying really hard to think of what's next, (laughs) to think of the answer, the new thing. But let's rest in the hope that we have in God and let it come to us, let it emerge. Robin. Uh, Hi. Uh, This is totally different. I think a lot in pictures. And um, I remember last year Kim was... um, sharing, doing the preach, and um, she uh, said to, it was a Disney song, wasn't it, to reflect on a whole new world of all the things I got a vision from that, (laughs) and that was, um, we were here just like we are now, and then I saw, almost like into the second realm, but I don't know what it was, but from here there was the crystal water, and I wish, I wish you could know how beautiful that was. And from this crystal water, the throne room, it was coming all around us, all over us, and in the, the river of the crystal water was all these amazing jewels of so many different colours, and that's what I got and saw. And it's so related to Revelation 22.1, which said, then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, brightest crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And I believed it was from the thrones around us. And then through the week, um, we're at um, my place, uh, uh, her community meeting, we're just praying, not particularly about, about people, about different ones. And I got the second instalment of that, so that was... I saw then that each one of us were drawn to a different coloured jewel and we were, we were still in this crystal water grabbing it. Now, I don't know what that means, but I know that um, it's for this time. I don't understand it. But, um, but also, um, early this morning, I had a dream of um, just a normal event in my life, nothing significant, But I saw into the realm of, like, God showed me the angels that were warring. 
for this event to happen that the angels need to war. And I just feel that heaven's angels are singing over us. We don't know the normal events that we see, but there's a realm where heaven's angels are battling. And I, I just feel we're in a significant time and to look beyond what we see, to look beyond what we see. It's not as we see him. God has in store amazing things and his armies are getting ready. His armies are battling on our behalf and heaven's angels are singing over us. So we have... I believe we have so much that God's got for us and that throne room picture, those jewels that he's got specifically for each of us. And, you know, as we know with God, not only does he bless us, but it's for those around us as well. And so these precious jewels, maybe from this time of COVID, I don't know, you know, God's doing a very deep work. And uh, each of you, each of you, yeah, so... um, I don't know what that all is, but yeah. It's great. I love that picture of God having a colour for each of us to pick up and do something beautiful with. It's beautiful. Anyone else want to start? I just feel I need to share um, a testimony um, from the last couple of weeks. Um, Some of you may know I've started working at Platform 9, Um, and working with men and children and men escaping domestic violence and homelessness. Um, And one of the ladies I've been working with, um, she's been in limbo for 10 months, which is a lot longer than most people. And she was feeling really disheartened. She'd really lost hope. And, you know, I sat there, listened to her, empathised with her, you know, and that must be really hard, it really sucks. Um, and she has a faith, and so I asked her if it was okay if I prayed for her. I felt led to pray. And as I prayed for her, I prayed for her to be offered a property in the next week. And after the words came out of my mouth, I was like, oh, shivers, what happens if, you know, this doesn't happen? Um, how's it going to look? And, you know, then the logical human me started worrying about the words I'd said. But I felt letting my spirit to say that. And anyway... I was like, oh, well, we'll just leave it with God. Um, and then the next week, we were meant to have a meeting on one day, and she wanted to meet me the day earlier, and she was really desperate to meet, and so we met. And she just had the biggest smile on her face, and she's like, this morning I signed the papers for a place. And we did a happy dance. She's been, oh, just the joy on her face and her excitement, and it was such a big, yeah, answer to prayer. Um, and she's like, thank you for praying. Thank you for your prayer. And I'm like, it's not me, it was God. But I know I get a bit scared sometimes to like pray specific or to pray big prayers, to pray audacious prayers, even though Jesus does that. He prays for healing. He prays for sight for people when he feels led by the Spirit. So I just really wanted to encourage us all to listen to God and just see what he's doing around us and don't get in the way. I could have just gone, that's really hard, and left the situation. And I'm sure God would have still done something amazing in her life, but we get to give glory to God in that scenario because God was in that situation. And so, yeah, I've just been really encouraged to pray and to follow those promptings and to pray big, even when I don't know the answers. I don't know how it's all going to happen. I don't know how it's going to work out, but just to step out in faith and just to know the hope that we have, that we 
don't just have to stop and say, that's really hard, but we do have the power to pray and to intercede for people around us and to allow the living God to work a miracle in someone's life. So, yeah, be encouraged um, to pray. God is faithful. Um, Yeah, just listen to him and get on board with what he's doing. That's great. I'm going to invite Andrew up because I know he's got something to share that's going to tack right on to the end of that and bring us together. Yeah, just um, recently, uh, in the Bible app, if uh, people are using the same one as me, that you get these opportunities to uh, get little um, devotions that you can go through over five days or 55 days or whatever. And at this particular time, I was uh, looking at one entitled Dealing with Uncertainty. I thought, this might give me a bit of an insight into how to survive the COVID times or how to help others to do that. Because... Yeah, COVID hasn't really rocked my world a great deal either. It stopped me going overseas. And that's about it. Like, so, yeah, how can I help others cope in that? And uh, the reading that came with that, and I'll share it with you, we're going into the Old Testament again, and it's Exodus chapter 17. Amalek came and fought Israel at Rephidim. Moses ordered Joshua... Select some people for us and go out and fight Amalek. Tomorrow I will take my stand on top of the hill holding God's staff. Joshua did what Moses ordered in order to fight Amalek and Moses, Aaron and Hur went to the top of the hill. It turned out whenever Moses raised his hands, Israel was winning, but whenever he lowered his hands, Amalek was winning. But Moses' hands got tired So they got a stone and they set it under him. He sat on it and Aaron and Hur stood, sorry, held his hands, one on each side. So his hands remained steady until the sun went down. Joshua defeated Amalek and its army in battle. So I thought about that. I thought, now, who who made the greatest contribution to this, uh, this battle, in this victory, in this story? Was it Joshua, the warrior? He led the Israelite army in hand-to-hand combat against the might of the Amaleks. And the Amaleks did not fight fair. They were dirty. They came from behind. They were there for surprise. And they were very good fighters. After all, they were described as the mightiest of nations. And the battle to defeat them in the end lasted just one day. Good job from Joshua. Was it Moses? He prayed over the whole situation, upholding the hands and acknowledging the presence and the power of God for the whole time that the battle raged. But we can't forget that there was Aaron and Hur as well, and they initially accompanied Moses to the hilltop location, probably thinking, maybe we'll just look this way to make sure nobody attacks from behind, or maybe he just wants us to be with him. In the end, they found out they were rolling big rocks around and holding up hands and doing sort of menial stuff around him. But without that, the hands would have fallen, the victory would have been lost. The wisdom of Moses to have Aaron and her accompany him and being aware of each man's strengths and limitations was key. He had the warriors fight, the prayers pray. 
and others just doing the tasks that they were best suited to do. And this was the foundation of the winning on that day. The fact that there was a quality in their teamwork closely related to the result of the war. Moses realised whenever he held up his hands in the air, the men of Israel would start winning the fight. But when Moses' hands were down, they began to lose. Maybe Joshua wasn't aware of what was going on. Not at the time anyway. But his winning was dependent on the hands of Moses. And this truth illustrates clearly to us, now, as it was then, spiritual matters always matter and have a strong impact on whatever is happening in our physical world. Never underestimate the power of prayer. What happens on the hilltop today still has a great impact on the battlefield. The victories achieved in uncertain seasons are rarely due to our own strength and our own efforts. They are the result of clinging to God and relying on others to support us. It's the faithfulness of God that sees us through the storms of life. And we, when we acknowledge that and our own weaknesses, we create a space where God can turn up and show off what he can really do. If you find yourself facing situations that feel too big to handle, cling to God's authority and ask trusted people to come alongside you and support you. I guess in a community like ours, an easy way to do that is to become part of a, a life group. We have a number of life groups that operate through our church and people get together, they meet regularly, they pray for each other, they support each other, they encourage each other, they do life together. And if you're in the room today and you're not involved in a life group and you think you'd like to know more about it, come and talk to me after. And you guys who are watching online, just contact the church through our website, through phone calls, whatever, or through someone you know, and we'll get back to you and see what we can do about organising something for you too. Another, I guess, important part of that was that... Uh, Aaron and her were there. In these life groups, you find your Aaron's, you find your hers, or you find your Aaron and your Harriet. Make sure that you have quality people you can trust living with you, doing that uh, life journey with you so that you can be supported. You're not feeling alone. You're not using all of your energy. It's important for you to know who you are and what your strengths and weaknesses are too. I mean, the band this morning, great job, really led us into a great period of worship. If they get up in a minute and everyone turns through one space and they pick up a different instrument or do something different, it may not be the same because they're up here doing what they do best, using their gift in the best way they can. So don't be ashamed of the fact that your gift is different to somebody else's or your contribution is some, different to someone else's it's all important and it all works out to God's glory. I guess we were going to have announcements at the end and so I'm going to just tag a little announcement on this one too is that in our church community we have elders uh, whose role is to go up on the hilltop to spiritually oversee what's going on within the church and to pray for each one of you and we do that. 
And uh, at the moment, we have an opportunity to uh, take nominations for elderships as well. And there are forms available in the room today if you are interested in investigating that too. If you want to know more about what eldership's about as well, then come and talk to me after as well. But uh, yeah, just know somewhere along the line there are people on the hilltop and they're praying for you so that you will have breakthrough and victory in your day to day. Thank you, Andrew. You know, um, do honour our elders. They pray for us. They um, seek God for us, and they bring wisdom as as to Brett and to Jen as they lead our church. And so, yeah, if you want to nominate someone, please do that um, as we come to voting again soon. Well, I'm going to ask Ali to come back up because I know she wants to bring us home in love this morning and the team. Thank you for sharing. It's such a blessing to hear uh, what God is saying and doing in your life and how that is connected to our life together. So we're going to finish this morning with a song and then I have a really tasty announcement at the end. So don't go anywhere because you might get some of the tasty announcement. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching. If you'd like to connect with us, make a financial gift, or find out more about Kingsway Churches, head to kingsway.org.au. Have a good one.